Praise the Lord. Well, I want to share uh, with you this morning about, um, about our King, King Jesus. Hallelujah. But before I do, uh, I just want to let you know that God has everything planned out. I'm going to fall over. God has everything planned out. How many ever get frustrated? How many of you think, well, God, if, I thought you said... I thought you said that you were going to do this for me. I thought you said, well, God has everything under control. I just want to say before we get started, we've got to have patience. We've got to learn to have patience and not get angry with God. I know none of you get mad at God. Some of you might get a little angry. Might get a little angry with God. Might, might uh, show him by giving him the silent treatment by, uh, I'm not going to talk to God. God doesn't talk to me. I'm not going to talk to him. He didn't fulfill his promise. You say, Pastor, you're talking about people in our church? I'm talking about anybody that's a Christian that has been disappointed in thinking that God was going to do something in their time schedule and their way. So we've got to learn to be patient with the Father because the Father loves you. Turn to somebody and say, the Father loves you. Now you can say even loves me. So uh, to give you a scripture for that, in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, it says this, but when the fullness of time had come, fullness of time you mean God has a time schedule for some things? You mean that God has, a, God has things planned ahead of time? You mean he doesn't just shoot from the hip? You mean he just doesn't just do things haphazardly? No, the reality is, is God has got things, he's got things set up, he's got things ready to be happening in order. So God says in the full, it says in the fullness uh, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive adoption as sons. Several things I want to point out is that there's a fullness of time, which we've already talked about. God sent forth his son. Now, this particular promise here is 4,000 years old. 4,000 years old. Didn't God speak to Eve and say, you know, uh, the seed, that there was going to be a seed that came from the woman that was going uh, to crush the serpent's head? He would bruise his heel. But Jesus was going to crush the head of the enemy. Also, he says here that it would be born of a woman. Didn't say a man. So it would be born of a woman. Have you ever wondered why the enemy just wants to take out women? The enemy wants to take out women because the promise of the seed came through the woman. <coughs> the promise of the seed that was going to crush the head of the serpent was going to come through the woman. Therefore, Satan has tried everything he possibly can to uh, hinder, restrict, put down, keep in bondage women. 
Hallelujah. Ladies, it's okay to say amen. amen. Hallelujah. But then on the other hand, God, uh, God wants to liberate men too. He wants to liberate the whole body. He doesn't want a half paralyzed body of Christ. He doesn't want a half, he doesn't want one side crippled and the other side active. He wants all of the body active. And that, that takes release not only of the men and the women, but also the children. Do you know that God moves through children? Yes. You know the power of God moves through children that they could speak that they can speak, uh, speak the word of God and the word of God will come to pass. They can speak the word of God and it will drive out enemy, the enemy from people's lives. Uh, Melody was uh, in a condition. She felt like she was leaving her body, was going to die. We were, we were young. I just, you know, uh, Rebecca and uh, Joel were just babies. And... Uh, she felt her, her spirit start to leave her body. And Rebecca came in. I don't even know how old she was. How old, Rebecca? <laughs> but, yeah, she was, she was very young. She laid hands on, on Melody and said, Devil, I command you to leave my mommy alone in Jesus' name. Amen. And something rose up on the inside of Melody, and she said, What's Stephen going to do with these kids if I leave? (laughs) Isn't that what you would think? Yeah. (laughs) Who's going to raise my kids? (laughs) So she got up out of that bed and started walking around, started speaking the word, confessing the word. She started, uh, you know, anything the Spirit of God would bring up, she would say, she would confess, she would whatever. And you know what? She's alive today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, I said that because God can use a baby out of the mouth of babes. You have perfected praise because of the enemy. God will use babes to put down the enemy in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You know, we don't have to wait until our kids are all grown up before they learn how to use the name of Jesus. They don't have to wait until they grow up to learn how to tithe. Hallelujah. Well, I got more amens than I thought. Hallelujah. God will use them if we will train them. Hallelujah. Well, you say, well, pastor, I don't don't even know myself. There's every opportunity to learn. Every opportunity to learn. Praise the Lord. You know, you have the Spirit of God. If you pray, and I'm not accusing, I have to watch out because I can get accusing. But you know what? If we yield to the Spirit of God, God is going to, God is going to teach us. Scripture says that the Holy Spirit is our teacher. Hallelujah. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't need apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers because why would he give them and then say you don't need them because you got the Holy Spirit? Though the Holy Spirit uses the words that they speak or the words that are written in the Word of God, if we will hear them, meditate on them, the Holy Spirit will bring them to light and we can act on what he says. Hallelujah. So anyway, 
God sent in the fullness of time, God sent his son, born of a woman, uh, born under the law to redeem those who are under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. You know, you might think, well, adoption, I'd rather be, you are, you are a son of God. But the reality is, you know, when somebody adopts somebody, they really want them. They really want them. I'm not going to say they don't want their natural kids. But how many, how, many, how many of you have ever been surprised? Ooh. Loretta was surprised. I'm glad she was surprised with Aaron, huh? Hallelujah. Glory to God. We weren't going to have any kids, so we were real surprised. <laughs> Glory to God. We're so glad we did. I've often thought, well, I should have had more. Glory be to God. I'm not putting that on you. I'm just saying, yeah. <laughs> but now we have spiritual kids. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So I'd like to read from Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 14. This is part of the Christmas story, but I need it uh, this morning. Um, it says, uh, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Let me just say this, uh, to be a professional shepherd wasn't really high up on the chain. Shepherds were kind of at the, at the bottom of the scale, even though they're very necessary. Very necessary. The Egyptians thought that shepherds were an abomination. You know, the world, the world might think your, your, uh, your thing doesn't matter, whatever you do, but everything that God puts on your heart matters. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If you lived in the city, you'd appreciate the trash men if they ever went on strike. Especially if you lived in New York City. Now here, we can just deal with it. You know, we can light a fire, burn our trash. We can dig a hole, bury, you know. I know, that's what I used to have to do when I was a kid. Our garbage, we, I'd have to go out and dig a hole because we had to feed the worms. Because <laughs> my dad would go fishing. You know, we had to feed the night crawlers so they'd get bigger. Anyway, that's it. You probably never probably ever told that story before. So anyway, sh shepherds were not high up on the pay scale. But you know, God identifies with shepherds. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd, and I lay down my life for the sheep. The second king of Israel, his name was David. Where did God find him? Out in the field, watching the sheep. As a matter of fact, when David went to take the bro his brothers the food that his father sent, he said, Who, how come you left those few sheep? He was criticizing him for not only being a shepherd, but having just a few flock. So God identifies. I don't care where you're at, what level you're at, God identifies with you. Right. You don't have to be a CEO for God to identify with you. God will, Now, if you're a CEO, that's great. God can identify with you too. Come on. You know, God, Jesus, what, Jesus didn't, didn't minister to the poor. 
He ministered to all spectrums. He ministered to all who would come to him. Hallelujah. And besides that, we know in Scripture, it says, we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he were rich, yet he became poor, that we through his poverty might have abundance. Somebody said, well, what's the gospel? What's the gospel? Well, the gospel is good news. What's good news to the poor? You don't have to be poor anymore. You don't have to be poor anymore. What's good news to the sick? You don't have to be sick anymore. What's good news to the lost? You don't have to be lost anymore. What's good news to the, to the depressed? You don't have to be depressed anymore. You can have life and life more abundantly. You can have the joy of the Lord. You know, this morning, to be honest with you, I didn't even feel like coming to church. I could hardly stand up during the worship. I had to sit down. And I'm thinking, Lord, help me, Lord, help me, Lord. But I remembered. There's a scripture that says, the Lord is the strength of my life. And I knew all I had to do was get up and start preaching. And the Lord would be the strength of my life. See, a lot of times we're waiting on God to do something when in reality, he wants us to step out in faith. And then when we do, then the strength comes. I mentioned a few weeks ago, what everything, all faith requires an, a step or an action. You can say, I believe, I believe, I believe. You can say, I believe in Jesus all the time, but until you confess him <coughs> as Savior and Lord, you're not saved. That's right. Say, well, I did that 25 years ago. Well, good for you. I still confess him as Lord. I still confess him as Savior. I still confess him because it's not only for me, but it's for those around me as well. Thank you, Jesus. So those shepherds were keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. It means they were extremely afraid. They were fearful. I mean, you know, uh, we know that we don't we're not afraid of God anymore because he loves us so much. And I'm not criticizing that. But the reality is, if he ever showed up, you know, even John, John, the apostle who laid at, on Jesus' breast, when he saw Jesus in the book of Revelation, he fell down as if he was dead. He was afraid. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Who's he battling? You? No, he's not battling you. He's battling everything that has come against you. He's battling everything that's trying to take you down. He's trying to bat he is battling everything that's trying to take away and steal your true identity. What is my true identity? If you don't know your true identity, then the devil's succeeded in deceiving you. 
Your true identity is that you are a child of God. Your true identity is that you are more than a conqueror. Your true identity is as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. So, going on. The angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Somebody say good. good. How many know good's better than bad? Yeah. How many of you know the good's better than mediocre? Yes. Hallelujah. He says, I'm bringing you good tidings. What are you preaching? Are you preaching the good tidings? Are you preaching great joy? Are you letting the joy of the Lord become your strength? Man, I just don't feel like a pastor. I didn't feel like getting up here. But yet the joy of the Lord is my strength. The Lord is the strength of my life. And as we step out in faith, he is going to move in our behalf. You will have strength that you know not of. You will have strength and power and anointing. Well, I've never, I've never seen anything happen. Keep doing it. I prayed for people and they died. Pray for people and they die. And then your church, you know, they go to the hospital and they don't even want you to know. Because they're afraid you'll come pray for them. Oh, you want me to come pray for you in the hospital? No, that's all right, Pastor. I'm feeling better already. I mean, this woman, this is what happened. She was in the hospital. She was, the doctors couldn't find anything, which was a problem. But anyway, they couldn't find anything. They were going to release her and let her go. And I, and I came in, I see her. She said, I'm just waiting to be released. Well, let me pray for you anyway. I get a phone call and she's on life support. And she eventually died. But you know what? I made a promise. Got to watch out what you promise. You got to keep your promise. You got to pay your vows. Lord, I don't care what happens. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do your word. I don't care what happens. I'm going to do your word. Man, you pray for people. They don't get any better. You think, oh, man, instead of the man of faith and power, I'm the man of paste and powder. You know, you just wonder what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? Who was I focused on? Me. I wasn't focused on him. I was focused on me. I got, I got nervous every time I had to go to the hospital. I don't know why I'm telling you this. Oh, yeah, I know why I'm telling you this. Because I want you to realize that wherever you're at, you can do it. Well, I don't feel adequate. I never did either. Bless God, but if you keep on doing it, you keep on you keep on obeying the Lord, eventually you're going to see the power of God start moving through people's lives. I'd, get, I'd see people get healed and they'd tell me, and, I, and I'd just be as excited as they were. I'd say, really? <laughs> really? Are you really healed? Is the pain really gone? Glory be to Jesus. So wherever you're at, wherever, whatever you think about yourself, you've got to realize your identity in Christ and you've got to step out in faith no matter how you feel 
keep on acting and you will receive what the Lord has. So good tidings of great joy to all people, to all people. Do we have any old people here? Do we have any, do we have any non-people here? <laughs> or do we have all people here? All people, doesn't matter what race, doesn't matter what ethnic group, doesn't matter. God says, I'm sending you good tidings of great joy to all people. That's everybody. Everybody. I don't care what anybody's told you. I don't care what your father or mother told you. I don't care what, your, what a counselor told you in school. I don't care what a teacher. Man, we had brutal teachers. <laughs> we had brutal teachers. They'd tell you stuff, and man, you, you'd be flying high, and man, you would be crash land. I had a, uh, uh, is this in grade school. But um, a teacher, uh, a, a guidance counselor, grade school, said, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, I named everything I wanted to be. And I've been everything. That, but she says, you can't do that. You're not smart enough to go to college. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, God had different plans. I wasn't quite cooperative at first. But bless God, I don't care where you're at. If God's got an assignment for you, whom he calls, he equips. Whom he calls, he empowers. You are empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's why Paul told Timothy to stir up the gift of God that is within you. Oh, I got to pray for more power. You don't need to pray for more power. You just need to stir up what's on the inside of you. Get activated. You know, Jesus, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's you know, he says to this crippled guy, get up and walk. But you know what we do? We think, oh, you know, we'd be, we'd be real uh, sympathetic. We'd be real sympathetic. Well, we don't want to hurt their feelings. Get up. And not only that, take that dirty mat with you too. So Jesus wouldn't talk like that. What did he call that woman? A dog. It's not, oh, well, I know the newer translation says little puppy. But if you a dog, you a dog. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, you can, you can make it sound as nice as you want, but... He said, it's not right to take the children's bread and cast them to dogs. So, to all people, anybody, everybody here are people? Yes, so you got good tidings of great joy. It says, for unto you this day is born in the city of David uh, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. It says, and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, which isn't really a big deal because they wrapped all the kids that way. But lying in a manger, that's where the, that's where the animals eat out of. You don't put usually, how many of you would, uh, how many of you mothers would want to put your, your child in a place where the pigs and the horses and the donkeys and all that eat out of? 
What's Jesus doing? God's identifying with the lowly. Because the lowly won't be low for long. It says, goes on to say, and this shall be, okay, we did that. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, giving glory to God, uh, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth and goodwill towards men. Ed Cole, uh, some of you might remember, uh, he had a Christian men's ministry. He said what that meant was peace on earth to men of goodwill. In other words, if you are a person of goodwill, then you would receive the peace. But how many of you uh, know what happened after Christ's birth? There was a king by the name of Herod. A king. You know, he didn't know Jesus was coming. And let me just tell you something about Herod. Herod was not a Jew. Herod was a Gentile that was appointed by the Romans. Now, the good qualities of Herod was that he was an excellent builder, and he rebuilt the temple, fixed it up. He rebuilt parts of Jerusalem because he was an excellent builder, but every, but every king that hears about a new king is threatened. They are threatened by the new king. So what's Herod do? You're familiar with the story. He sends out uh, this army and kills all the baby boys two years old and younger. Did you know that Solomon had to kill his brother? Adonijah, Solomon's brother, tried to usurp the throne before Solomon was named the king. And Solomon gave him a break. He says, you know, if you, I'll just paraphrase, if you be a good boy, everything will be okay. But then he got a bright idea. How many have had a bright idea before? Well, he got this bright idea. He went to Bathsheba, which is Solomon's mother, and said, would, would you give me permission, talk to the king, to give me permission to marry, to marry this uh, concubine that David had. Didn't have sex with her. He was just old and cold. So she would just lay with him in bed. Didn't do anything. And so would you ask Solomon if he would let me marry? Well, if he would have married her, then he could have claimed that he was the rightful king. So Solomon had to kill his own brother. And you go through all throughout history. You can even go, uh, you can even, even find other stories in the Bible where the king kills family members. It's okay to be a prince as long as you're the top one. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many of you know there's a prince in the power of the air, right? Well, he doesn't like it when we take authority. But the scripture says that Jesus has spoiled principalities and powers and rulers of darkness of this world. Cast down spiritual wickedness in high places. Let's, uh, let's look at, um, hallelujah. Let's look at Isaiah 50, uh, no, Isaiah 9, verse 6. Familiar scripture. 
Let me ask you a question. Have you read the scriptures surrounding this verse? If you read it, previous to this verse, it talks about war. After this verse, it talks about war. He says here, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. And the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. You know, there are some promises in the scriptures that you have to have faith for. But there are some scriptures, some promises in the Bible you don't have to have any faith for. It's going to happen whether you believe it or not. And this is one of those scriptures where, where the Bible says, God says, the zeal of the Lord is going to make sure this happens. The government shall be upon his shoulders. Do you think governments have changed at all? Do you think that governments have, you know, they're just going to roll on over and just let somebody else new come in and take over? The reality is, is when Jesus comes, he is going to deal with governments. Thank you, Jesus. What is the characteristic of the kingdom? What is Jesus coming to set up? First of all, let me, let me talk about your... We've already talked about that God has many plans for you. When you take a detour, he's got a plan to get you back. Anybody here ever take a detour? God has a plan to get you back so that you can be on course to fulfill your destiny. What is the purpose? What is your destiny? To be conformed into the image of his son. In other words, that you be just like Jesus. Totally complete package. As he is, so are we in this world. I think God has bigger plans for us than we can even imagine. And part of it is, is because we have such a low self-identity in how he sees us. The reality is, is we've got to see ourselves as God sees us so that we can be conformed. You know, one of the reasons our, our road gets a little hectic sometimes is because we're in disagreement with God. We're in disagreement with God, and therefore, things get a little rough. You mean, you mean if I don't act right, God's going to get me? No. You're just walking away from his, his love and his protection. Hallelujah. Oh, if we only had. But what is the carry? So we know the purpose. We know the purpose of the kingdom is to, is to make you exactly like Christ. What is the characteristic of the kingdom or the government of God? Familiar scripture. I love it. It says, for the king, uh, Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy, and the Holy Ghost. Have any of you, now don't raise your hands, this is a question to get you to think. Have you ever been in arguments with yourself? 
Have you ever been in arguments with yourself and you're not fit to be around other people? Come on now. You are in an argument. You have this inner turmoil and nobody else can get around you because you'll growl at them. And it's not because they did anything. It's because you've got this inner turmoil. Well, the king of glory has to come in and get rid of that turmoil. He's got to come in and he has to do battle so that we will walk in the glory of God so that we can have peace with God. We have peace with God. But righteousness, how many of you like righteousness? How many of you like peace? Got a, got a few more on peace than righteousness. <laughs> righteousness is right standing with God. It's to be able to go in the presence of God without any fear or dread or torment. Righteousness is also the ability to go in the presence of Satan without any fear, dread, or torment to take authority over him. So how many of you want righteousness now? All right. Not everybody will have to have an altar call. <laughs> Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I kind of think they have to go in this order. So many people, people trying to get joy, but walking without righteousness. So many people trying to get the joy, but they don't have peace. I mean, God has offered peace. God has given us peace. But we're not taking advantage of the peace. We're not appropriating the peace. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So what is Christ's purpose? 1 John 3, 8. He says, He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. See, that's how Jesus brings peace, by destroying the works of the devil. Amen. And he uses you to do it also. Somebody turn to somebody and say, Jesus has already done it. Say, I'm going to appropriate it. What does appropriate mean? It means to confess and acknowledge that what God has promised is ours. Even in the midst of opposition, I still confess it. I still acknowledge it. I still say what God says about me, no matter what the circumstances are saying against it. Hallelujah. And then we also have to walk in it. I don't have time to, to look it up, but the previous scriptures talk about, uh, in, in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, but the previous scriptures talk about, uh, you know, he was, Jesus was delivered up for our offense, but he was raised for our justification. A simple definition of justification is you are just as if you had never sinned. Now, don't raise your hand on this one. But do any of you still, still fight with, still think of, still ashamed of things you did in your past? Things you did in your past. 
Well, justification legally wipes out all that. You are totally free from all accusation. Totally free from the accusation. Now, that doesn't mean Satan's going to stop accusing. Because if you'll listen to him, he'll just keep on rolling. But bless God, we don't have to listen to it. Thank you, Jesus. So, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Who do we have peace with? We have peace with God. I think if I have peace with God, I can have peace with anybody. The scripture says when a man's ways please the Lord, he even makes his enemies to be at peace with him. How about that? You're struggling, trying to, trying to overpower your enemy, trying to do something. And God says, if you just please me, I'll make your enemies to be at peace with you. Thank you, Lord. There's always action before peace. How many of you know the, the allies had to go into uh, hit Normandy before peace came to Europe? How many of you know they had to go through the Battle of the Bulge? Now, some of you think, well, the Battle of the Bulge. <laughs> That's not the bulge I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about when the Germans, their last big offensive when they, when they tried to overpower the Allies. It was called the Battle of the Bulge. <laughs> so anyway, get myself in trouble again. But you know what? The action had to occur before the peace came. The action has to occur, 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 occur before the peace. Now, so, so that you don't think that you have to get all weird and everything. You're already weird, so, you know. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You know, sometimes when, when you've got all these thoughts just just raining on your party, instead of fighting those, fighting those thoughts, start worshiping the Lord. Start lifting up your hands. Start giving Him praise and honor and glory. Get your focus on, on the God of creation instead of the God of this world. Because the Scripture says that He is under our feet. Did I read this? Oh, Romans chapter 16, verse 20, it says, And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. That seems kind of odd. You're the God of peace. You're the God of peace, but you got to crush somebody before the peace comes. The God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Oh, that's good. I can hardly wait. He might ask you to do something. He might even ask you to say things contrary to, to, than what you feel. Hallelujah. So again, we, need, uh, we, not need, we don't need to be impatient. Satan, when we get impatient with God, Satan loves for us to be angry. 
at God. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm very, it all depends on the situation. But sometimes I'm just very impatient with drivers that are in front of me. I don't care if they're behind me, because they get thee behind me, you know, they're they behind me. I don't have to worry about them. It's just them ones in front of me. They in front of me. But you know what? And impatience has an ability to produce anger. I don't know about you. Maybe you're more holy than I am, but just, of course, I pray and get over it. You know, we don't hold on to things. But uh, my thought is if we get impatient with God, we're going to get angry with God. So we've got to come to the place where we're no longer, we've got to realize that God is on our side. God is on our side. Hallelujah. Last scripture. It says, therefore, be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine in which is uh, dissipation, uh, dissipation, which means um, a descent into drunkenness and sexual debauchery. And also, uh, squandering of money, energy, and resource. Anybody ever see the Rocky movies? Okay, well, if you saw the Rocky movies, one of, one of the pieces of advice that Mickey gave to Rocky was don't, with, don't mess with women because they make your legs weak. <laughs> they make your legs weak. So, you don't want to mess with, uh, you don't want to get into debauchery because they make your legs weak. Bible says to, to get up and stand, having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins gird with truth. Man. Be not drunk with wine when it, when it is dis, uh, dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. This is a, this is a warfare scripture that he's saying, don't focus your attention always on the enemy. Put your attention on God. Start worshiping and praising him, and things are going to change in your favor. Amen. Hallelujah. Giving thanks always. Now, you go to giving light, so just think giving thanks. Giving thanks always for all things to the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks always. That is a, that is a deterrent to the enemy. That is a deterrent Besides that, if you will start flowing in thanksgiving, you'll start flowing in the prophetic. If you start flowing in praise, you'll flow, you will hear the voice of God, and you will be able to speak what God is saying to you because you're hearing what He says. So how many of you are ready to give thanks? Lord, we thank You that You are the King of glory. 
We thank you, Lord, that the King of glory comes in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lord, we thank you that you not only came and associated, Lord, with the lowly, but you associate with everyone. For Father God, everyone in your sight is poor without you. So we give you thanks and praise. We acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ. We acknowledge him as Savior. We acknowledge him as Lord. We acknowledge him as soon coming King. We acknowledge him, Lord, in every aspect. Father God, we thank you for this time of the year, Lord God, where, where we celebrate the birth of Christ. But Lord, we also thank you, Lord God, for, the, uh, Lord, for what Christ is doing now. He is ever living to make intercession for you. You're not alone. You're not on your own. You're not defeated. You're not cast down. The Lord says that he is for you and not against you. If God be for you, then who can be against you? He sent his only begotten son. He is for you. The son is seated at the right hand of the father, ever living to make intercession for you. He gives his angels charge over you, for you. They are, to, they are to minister to the heirs of salvation. You are an heir of salvation. Hallelujah. These things that we read about, in, read about in the Bible, they're not just for back then, they're for the here and now. They are for us today. We can be free today in the name of Jesus. Well, I'm going to ask the healing team to come up. Does anybody have any words of knowledge? Yes. Um, arm weakness going down to the hand. Arm weakness going down to the hand. Could be a nerve. Anybody? Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. I just want to, I appreciate um, those that are, I appreciate the whole team. But I appreciate uh, them being willing to take time to minister to you. So if you, uh, if you have any kind of ache or pain or if, you, or if there's something that you need prayer for, don't walk out of these doors without getting prayed for. So, Father, we just receive the love of God being shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord God, that you are causing us, Lord God, to triumph in Christ. And Lord God, we magnify his name in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.